0: You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. The show goes on! What's up, Reds fans? Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's show, I've got a lot to say about what happened with the Astros and the fallout that followed the MLB's penalties that they handed down to the Houston baseball franchise. Also, going to take your questions. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Best way to get this each and every day. Into your podcasting queue, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. I'm on all those, even more. Podbean, all that other stuff. I do apps that I really don't know their names, to be honest with you, but I've seen statistics that people are downloading from them. So whatever you're downloading and listening on, make sure you're subscribed. Also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Reds. Also check out LockedOnReds.com for even more content as Clay Snowden has an article up about the non-roster invitees. Check it out. So before we jump into the main topic at hand, I just wanted to run over a few things that I saw. Former Red Todd Frazier has signed with the Texas Rangers a one-year deal worth about five million. There's an, a, a club option for a second year of that deal. that's worth a little over five million, and they also have a buyout if they don't pick up the option for a million and a half, which is what brought it up to the five million dollar range. Good to see. Todd Frazier landing on a team, especially a team that is at least trying to compete right now. Also, another deal was in place that sent Alex Wood back to the Dodgers. He signed with them for a one-year, $4 million deal. Incentives could bump it up to about $10 million. I know there was some speculation early on, really some speculation since the season, that the Reds could bring him back and that it would be a cost-effective move. It's interesting to see. If he is healthy, it's almost as much as what they would pay for any other starter. So uh, I don't think necessarily that the Reds balked at the idea of bringing him back. But since they got Wade Miley, it wasn't necessarily uh, something that they felt warranted the kind of money. I I mean, obviously, whatever. I'm, I'm tripping over my own words here. But the Dodgers signed him. He goes back. To them on a one year deal and then of course the big news I'm sure you heard of it because it was dominating the news wire yesterday Major League Baseball announced its punishments for the Houston Astros uh, in their whole sign stealing and cheating thing obviously one year uh, the the biggest uh, part of the punishments were one-year suspensions for general manager Jeff Lunhow and manager AJ Hinch. Then also they were fined $5 million, which whatever, the, the organization was fined $5 million, and they lost draft picks for this year and for next year. I saw reported that they were first and second rounders, but who knows? But that means, I swear to God, I'm smart, that we are focusing on that today, because I mean, that's the big news and, and there's lots of things to glean and lots of things to analyze with this. And even an, a Reds angle that I'll get to here in a minute, something that a lot of people were saying, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that here in just a moment. But first off is, is the whole idea of the punishments that Major League Baseball handed down. They were harsh. They were awesome. I liked that Major League Baseball actually attacked this. And if I'm Alex Cora, a Boston Red Sox manager, who I think I, I, I talked about this about a week or two ago, that the Red Sox were implicated in this whole cheating thing. So if I were him, I'd be worried about what's going to happen to him because the Astros then turned around and fired A.J. Hinch and general manager Jeff Lunhow after those one-year suspensions were levied. Which I think it's kind of funny, because from an organizational standpoint, the Astros are poised to move on pretty quickly. Now, obviously, they're not going to get the top flight managerial candidates this long into the offseason, and they'll probably have almost an interim guy for this year, and then they'll do an extensive search at the end of next season. But organizationally, they're moving on. Now as far as the individuals go, AJ Hinch kind of had a short statement basically, you know, saying that this sucks and he's sorry for the embarrassment that Astros fans uh, are suffering because of all of this. And then the interesting part was the statement that Jeff Lunhow made. And and I don't know if you if you saw this But you know, in the first part of the statement, it's pretty standard. He apologizes to the organization and to the fans and all that good stuff for the actions that happened and the cheating and all this stuff. And then he turns around in his second graph and he says, literally, this is the first sentence that he says, I am not a cheater. And he follows up by saying, Anybody who has worked closely with me during my 32-year career inside and outside baseball can attest to my integrity. I did not know rules were being broken. Okay. As the commissioner set out in his statement, I did not personally direct, oversee, or engage in any misconduct. The sign-stealing initiative was not planned or directed by baseball management. The trash can banging was driven and executed by players... Uh, and, and then, the, uh, and then he, he continues, he goes on, he says, in the video decoding, signs originated, was executed by lower-level employees working with the bench coach. I am deeply upset that I wasn't informed of any misconduct because I would have stopped it. Okay, first and foremost, if any of you who are listening to this podcast today are fans of college basketball, holy Patino. I mean, come on. I didn't know it was happening. Oh, is that seriously where we're going with this? Now, granted, I'm sure that he wasn't sitting up in the box going, you know what? I got an idea. Let's use this trash can. All right, whatever. I I can get behind that. But the whole thing of throwing other people in it, throwing the players under the bus, throwing employees and the bench coach. He says the bench coach. It's pretty easy to figure out who the bench coach of the Houston Astros was. In 2017, because you know what? If you Google bench coach of the Houston Astros, you're going to come up with da, 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 the current Boston Red Sox manager, Alex Cora. And what did we learn the other day, you know, a couple of weeks ago from a Ken Rosenthal report in The Athletic? The Red Sox used their video replay booth to steal some signs. The following year. So the, the cheating, the, the sign-stealing implications for the Astros happened in 2017. The reported steal, sign-stealing and cheating by the Boston Red Sox happened in 2018. In both cases, Alex Cora was on those teams. So, okay, whatever. Back to the whole Jeff Lundhau thing. He threw him under the bus. That's ridiculous. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess... I get it in the terms of he's trying to get another job in baseball. But man, that just seems so... Just just end it with an apology. Like, whatever, man. You got suspended. You got fired. What are What are we trying to save here? I think you can just say it in interviews with other teams. You don't have to make it a public statement. It just seems so just kitschy and not not cool at all but on the other end of the spectrum the Astros made out okay only losing draft picks really and some pocket change and and sure you know we're gonna give them hell as as fans of teams that are not the Astros we're gonna say hey look the Astros cheated but Major League Baseball didn't go so far as to quote unquote strip them of their World Series Championship they didn't really get creative or anything more with the punishments. Like, I thought it would have been interesting, and I don't know if you could actually do this, but, you know, maybe uh, the the Astros now have to start every half inning that they are at bat with one out. They only get two outs every time they bat. I mean, that'd be kind of funny. But, and no, it's just overall I thought that the punishment seemed nice until the Astros were able to kind of do a loop around, loop-de-loop. Look. The idea of a baseball manager being integral to the success of the baseball team does not really fly anymore. The guy just makes lineups. I mean, sure, he's a great punching bag, and and us Reds fans, and not me particularly, I'm pretty gracious to the guy, but most Reds fans have belabored different decisions that David Mill has made on the field last year, but if we're being honest the manager isn't that big of a part of a team's success. He he's kind of part of it, but if you've got talented players on the field, me or you could manage this baseball club. If if we're talking about the talent that the 2 the 2017 Houston Astros had, I I don't think that there's a whole lot that a bad manager would have taken away. I just don't. That that's my my two cents there. So I don't necessarily think that this is going to hurt them a whole lot. And they've got a great organization in place outside of the general manager. It's not as if you have to have an amazing general manager for this organization to continue to function as good as it has. That's just my feeling on that. But then also uh, the Reds angle that I take away from this, and really this can work for any team, not just the Reds, but the thing that I got from them from this whole thing as a Reds fan is how would you feel? And I'm gonna ask you this, and you can respond at Twitter at, or, or on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's or at Lockdown Reds. And also call or text the Locked On Reds line at 513 549 0159. But I ask you this if if it happens that in 2022 Reports come out that in 2020, when hopefully the Reds go on and win World Series, in 2022, reports come out that they did some sort of sign stealing or some sort of cheating. Is that really going to affect you that much? Like, I I know I don't have a ton of Astros fans listening to this, but are you really that negatively affected by this? Sure, it kind of sucks right now. I bet in July you're not going to care. And if I'm a Reds fan and I can look on World Series rings and a trophy and a championship season and all the fun that I had during that time, and if it comes out that there was sign stealing, hot take, it doesn't really affect me. It'd be something to talk about. Something to be like, oh, that's a bummer. I'd still be happy about that championship. But how do you feel? How, How would you feel, hypothetically? Let me know on the Lockdown Reds line or at Twitter, all that good stuff. When we come back, speaking of the lockdown Reds Reds, I'm going to do today's question of the day. But before all that happens, I want to talk to you about Arizona tourism, i.e. visitarizona.com slash spring training. Are you looking to go out to Arizona? Are you looking to go out and see some Cactus League action, see the Reds in spring training? I always hear it's a great atmosphere. Players are laid back. Coaches are laid back. You can meet your favorite players. You can check out some awesome sites around Goodyear and around Phoenix and all that different stuff. There's so much to do. And as a Reds fan, I've heard, I've not been. I want to go someday, but I'm not, it's a great experience. And the best way to get out there is on visitarizona.com slash spring training. You can book your flight, book your hotel, get your game tickets, Book an excursion, all that good stuff, all in one place. Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. That is the best way. They're the home base for baseball fans. In Cactus League action, all of the teams are very close together. A very small radius. I think it's like 50 mile. 50 mile radius. So not only do you get the chance to see our amazing Redlegs, but you can go see Everyone in the Cactus League and you don't put too many miles on that rental car. Which, who's really worried about that anyway? But, the best way to get that all going is visit Arizona.com slash Spring Go there today and get your trip booked. Today we got a question on the Lockdown Reds line that sort of looks back to uh, whenever Shogo was first announced last week. And uh, some, some words that Nick Kral had to say following that. And uh, this text uh, says, and uh, shout out to the nameless person. Sorry, didn't give me your name. I'd give you a shout out if you gave me your name. But next time, make sure to include your name. Said, what are your thoughts on Nick Crawl saying they'd be, quote unquote, opportunistic in regards to adding another outfielder? John Fay tweeted, that means if the market for Ozuna or Castellanos crashed, they look at it. I tell you, I think in this regard, it really does mean, and I don't necessarily think that the market for Ozuna or Castellanos has to crash for the Reds to get back into it. I think that's John Fay's way of saying he doesn't believe that the Reds will get either of those guys. But at this point, they do have a glut of outfielders, and they still don't really have a set plan. With what the three starting outfield spots are going to look like on an everyday basis, and because of that, I, I could see why most people are thinking that that means that they're out on the big guys, because the big guys would garner everyday playing time. I mean, you're not going to play, you're not going to pay Marcelo Zuna or Castellanos the kind of money that they probably are garnering to platoon with somebody. It's just my thought. So they're probably not going to add a guy like that. But on the whole, I think as far as free agents are concerned, on a whole, they're going to be opportunistic now. They've overpaid, as some have said, for Mike Moustakis. Some kind of thought they overpaid for Wade Miley, and then they were... Not necessarily, they were kind of bid up a little bit on Shogo Akiyama because a lot of people thought he was only going to get $5 million a year. He ended up getting $7 million a year, which that's not that big a difference, but I, you know, whatever. The whole thing is here, I think the biggest move yet to come will be via trade. I think overall, if you're looking at free agents from this point forward, we're looking at opportunistic signs, which he said opportunistic so me saying that does nothing we're, we're looking at cheap signs basically there we go they're going to be cheap but they're going to make sense they're not going to be hey we sign this guy just to have a body they're going to be reclamation projects probably most of them pitchers they did already announce their non-roster invitees to spring training so we may not even see too many more of those type moves i think we're just looking at a big trade if anything happens from here on out, but hey, it's been an exciting off season already. It's kind of funny. I think we, Dick Williams, kind of mentioned it in an interview, but kind of agree with him. I think we got spoiled. Like we we saw that Moose move right before Reds Fest, and we're like, all right, we're doing more. And then Wade Miley came, and we're like, all right, we got more. And then Shogo got signed. And we're like, who else is coming? And then we're like, you know what? This has been one of the most active off-seasons for the Reds, and yes, they are still a big move. If they make another big move, they are clear-cut favorites for the NL Central. Right now, it's an argument. Right now, I think they are in the argument for best team in the Central, but I still think there's a little bit of an edge with St. Louis, especially if they bring back Ozuna, and not to say that that puts them over the top, but just my feelings on the matter, they need one more big bat, and I think that's kind of echoed by most of Reds country but overall i think that big bat is going to come via trade i don't think it'll be a free agent but hey if i'm wrong then i'll be super happy because the more the merry we're looking for championships we're looking for winning baseball to come back to cincinnati in 2020 and we're looking for winning baseball to stick around for more than just one year but i mean you know we're just Dealing with 2020 right now. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Tomorrow, you won't want to miss it. We'll have another segment of Jib Jab with Joey and more talk about the off season. Maybe look at, uh, kind of do a refresher of what the hot stove looks like right now. It's a little lukewarm, maybe a little cool, but we'll give an update on that as well. Make sure you tune in. Best way to do that is to subscribe. You'll get every episode each and every day sent to your, uh, Podcast Q. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513 549 0159 and check out Red, LockdownReds.com for even more content. Like I mentioned, Clay Snowden with a piece up about the non roster invitees and breaking them down. Go check it out. But for now, thanks so much for listening to today's Locked On Reds. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.